You're listening to Mornings with Erica and Bridget right here on Moody Radio 89.3. And joining us is Dr. Michael Rydelnik. He was in town recently for an open line live in Boca Raton. And we thought, you know what? Not everybody could get their questions answered. Why don't we get to some of those questions now? Dr. Rydelnik, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad to be with you. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll get to the questions in a second. My question is... Can you wait for your trip? You're going to take this Journeys of Paul trip. This sail away contest is happening right now. We'll tell you how to register for that shortly. But tell us what's going to happen on the Mediterranean Sea in September. Well, we are going to go to the Aegean. That's part of the Mediterranean. And we're going to go uh, from Athens to, we're going to see Athens and Corinth. And we're going to see places like Ephesus and Philippi. And we're going to see the Bible come alive. But the cool thing is, Instead of staying at hotels and taking a bus, what we're going to do at the first part is go on the Star Clipper ship, which is a beautiful, tall ship. 90% of the time, it, it just goes by, uh, it, it, it travels by wind sail. That's it. It's a tall ship. And uh, it is beautiful. And, uh, you know, I think, Eric, when we talked off the air, you said it was like... Voyage of the Dawn Treader. The, the Voyage of the Dawn <laughs> Treader. Yeah. It's like, like going to see the journeys of Paul from the perspective of being on the Dawn Treader. So that's cool, I think. And you uh, mentioned that in the evenings and at downtimes, it's going to be some teaching and even live worship with yeah. you and doctors Mark Jove and Joe Stoll. So yeah. it's, yeah, tell us more about what people it's can going expect It's going to be there. spiritually enriching. We're, mm. We'll go to the places like Ephesus and we'll see the book of Acts come alive with Paul and how he preached there. You know, so so much of what you see uh, when you go to Ephesus, it's like, yeah, I get this. But when you're in ancient the ancient ruins of Ephesus, and you see what Paul was seeing, you totally get a different picture of what he is saying in the book of Acts when he preaches in Ephesus. And the same thing in Philippi. We're going to go where Lydia was converted. Mm. And uh, it's I love that about going to Bible lands to see the Bible come alive. That'll be everywhere we go. Uh, same thing in Corinth and in, in Athens. But uh, not only that, in the evenings when we're on the ship, uh, we're going to be worshiping together. The thing is, this is not the kind of uh, typical cruise ship. We've charted it for Moody. There's no casino. <laughs> There's no floor show. <laughs> uh, there's great food, great accommodations, but uh, the the ship will be there. We'll gather. We'll sing and worship together. Dr. Job, Dr. Stoll, uh, I will be speaking uh, at different evenings, and we're just going to have a blast. It's going mm-hmm. to be a great time of worship, instruction, and, and travel together. And it's September 11th uh, is when we start. And then we have a little, uh, I, I think that most people aren't aware of this, there's an extension. Uh, when the trip ends, uh, about, 100 of, about half the people are going off to Rome. Wow. And we will fly to Rome and we'll see Rome as well. So uh, September 11th through the 25th, uh, the, there are most people. And I, I do believe that this contest includes the extension to Rome. Excellent. So, wow. Yeah. All right. So if you want to be a part of this, if you want to sign up to be a part of the contest, uh, text the word Paul 
We'll send you all the details and the entry form. Text the word Paul, 561-737-6035. That's the number. We'll make sure that you get into the contest and hopefully win. But <laughs> that'll happen in another. We'll tell you who wins down the road a piece. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, Dr. Idell, you were in Boca Raton here very recently for the Standing with Israel conference. And so some of the questions that came in for the open line had to deal with what's happening in Israel, including mm-hmm. Joanne's questions. She's from Pompano. She says, are the Philistines that we read about in the Bible the same people in Gaza today? No, uh, that's a, a, a fairly uh, common misapprehension. What happened? How did the land of Israel get the name Palestine? Well, in the Greco-Roman world, they saw things from a from the perspective of a Greek people. So they began to call not officially, but just to call that area in the Greco-Roman world, they named it after the Philistines and they called it Palestine. That's where where they got it. And then in 135, after the second Jewish revolt of Judea against Rome, the emperor Hadrian was so fed up with the Jewish people that he forbade them to live in Judea. Most of them moved up to Galilee uh, and uh, forbade them to go into Jerusalem and also forbade the Jewish people to call Jerusalem by its ancient name. He renamed it after his family name, and he called it Aelia Capitolina. And then also he thought, how can I really rub the Jewish people's noses in the dirt? I'm going to rename the land of Judea, the Jewish, to after the ancient enemies of the Jewish people, and he officially changed the name to Palestine. Uh, it was ne- it was actually Syria Palestina, and he made it part of Syria, uh, so a region of Syria, and he called it Palestina, and that's where it comes from. So where did the Palestinian people come from? Well, the the bulk of them are there because some of them came in the Arabian conquest in the seventh century, but most people aren't aware that in uh, eighteen eighty two the end of the 19th century, the uh, the people who lived in that area were from all over, and there were only 200,000, 225,000 of them uh, who were of Arab descent. And why were they called Arabs? They had come from the entire Mediterranean basin. They didn't really come from Arabia. Those people that lived there uh, were poverty-stricken, and they had come from different parts of the Arabian, uh, or the, the Mediterranean basin, but because the language spoken there because of the Arab conquest was Arabic, they became known as Arabs. They were not called Palestinians until about 1967, 65, 67, somewhere around there. Well, that was uh, that was part of what was uh, discussed as you were with us a, a few weeks ago. If you want to hear more from Dr. Idelnik. On Saturdays at 10 o'clock, it's open line. You can join him for that. And he gets all these questions and he's answering them. Like the next one we get from Judith, who's from Boca. And she said, okay, the words brief overview, which is always difficult, right? But can you give a brief overview of replacement theory is her question. Yeah. Uh, Replacement theology, in essence, writes the Jewish people out of the Bible. Uh, And what it says is God made promises to Israel. If you like Genesis 12, one through five, one through six, something like that, where it says that I will give you this land, I will give you an offspring, a seed, uh, many seed, and there'll be one in particular, Genesis 22, 
rates that will lead the nations and bring blessing to the world and that I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And God promised that to Abraham, who had two sons. It's called the Abrahamic covenant. That promise was not reiterated to Ishmael, but reiterated to Isaac. It was not reiterated to Esau, but was reiterated to Jacob and then the, uh, received by the 12 sons of Jacob. That becomes known as Israel. And then when Israel, this is the brief overview, when Israel for the most part, didn't believe in Jesus the, uh, and became opposed to the gospel, the church fathers began to say, well, God has said the true Israel, the new Israel is the church. And the promises that God made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob for the Jewish people have now been transferred to the church. And Paul had to deal with that, actually, there was an incipient form of replacement theology in in Rome. And so Paul addresses it in Romans 9 through 11. Uh, and what he says, I'll, I'll just take one verse. I think this is important. Romans 11, 28, it says this, uh, regarding the gospel, they are, speaking of Israel, enemies now, they're not enemies of God. They're the enemies of the gospel. They're opposed to the gospel. And this is for your advantage, he says, to the Roman Gentile Christians, because now the gospel has gone to the Gentiles. But then he says, regarding election, that's just a big word for chosenness. You've heard of the chosen people. Mm -hmm. Regarding chosenness, they are or they remain beloved because of the patriarchs. The Jewish people, even as opposed to the gospel, remain God's special object of love because of those covenants made with the patriarchs, since God's gracious gifts and calling are irrevocable. The calling that God had for Israel to be a light to the nations still exists. This doesn't promise salvation. It promises chosen calling, and that one day, in this very same passage, it talks about the day when, Jesus, just before Jesus returns, Israel will believe and God will fulfill every promise he made to the Jewish people. But even today, while Jewish people are opposed to the gospel, the, the Apostle Paul says, uh, uh, no, they remain beloved and chosen. And so uh, that's one of the toughest verses for people who hold to replacement theology today. They don't know quite what to make of it. Mm -hmm. And what are repercussions of that belief? Uh, there's a couple the, the, another word for replacement is supersessionism. Uh, the, there's, there's this sense that God has superseded the Jewish people and there's no significance to the Jewish people and that anti, no one would advocate, I don't believe that people who are supersessionists or replacement holders are anti-Semitic, but it opens the door for saying, ah, there's nothing significant about being hateful of the Jewish people. At Moody Bible Institute, we've always said, oh, no, 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 God has a special love for the people of Israel. Moody Bible Institute, we say that no weapon formed against Israel will prosper, that God will bless those who bless the Jewish people. So it, it tolerates, uh, un, un, unintentionally, I believe, but uh, can lead to a toleration of anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. Can, doesn't always. Uh, I want to be really clear. I don't think that people who hold this view are anti-Semitic, but it can lead, well, what's the big deal? That's what it can lead to. But also there's a, a territorial supersessionism that says that the land of Israel belongs to the church, uh, that the promises that God made to the Jewish people, that's a form of territorial supersessionism uh, that now it's church. And you know who held that? The Crusaders. That's mm -hmm. why they went there. We're the new Israel. This land belongs to us. 
And today there are people who want to say that the Jewish people don't have a right to be in the land because of uh, this territorial supersessionism. So there are some practical consequences for this. Yeah. Well, finally, here's a question from Janet in Margate, and I'm sorry she's not here for a follow-up because her question is, are we in the days like Noah? I'm not sure, quite exactly sure what she meant by that, but do you want to take a stab at it? <laughs> yeah, well, the days of Noah brought God's judgment, right? And mm. then in the scriptures, Jesus teaches about uh, that that his sudden appearance will be when it's like the days of Noah. And also in, in Peter, First uh, Peter 3, it talks about the the people of, of, of the days of Noah being the ex- exceptionally rebellious. Uh, so much so when you look at it in Genesis uh, chapter 6, that God says, you know, the evil has become so vast, so terrible, that I'm going to start over. And that's how we get the Noahic flood and so forth. I think that every generation thinks that we're in the days of Noah, not just our generation. Every generation looks at it because what we see is society going, it ebbs and flows, you know, but we see society becoming less and less biblical. I think when we look at what happens here in the United States, we're moving to sort of a Central and Western European post-Christian era in our culture. But of course, in Africa, the gospel's exploding, and they would not say that they are in the days of Noah. So it just depends, uh, but I do think that uh, it feels like it, but uh, I'm going to just trust that, you know, I, I, I'm not one to set dates. I'm just going to let the Lord Jesus return when he wants to, and I'll try and live faithful till then. Yeah. So. yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, yeah. Dr. Idelnik, as uh, we as we finish with you, last question is, is it true that if you weren't teaching Bible, you would be an archaeologist somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I, I want to work on the materials of other archaeologists. Uh, I, I hate getting dirty and dusty. So, <laughs> no, right. I, yeah, if right. you've ever seen the archaeologists out there... <laughs> It's you know what, what they would, they're all it's hot and sweaty and and you're just dealing with these little rocks and dusting them nah, that's not for me i right. stick to the text okay all right very good sounds good all right you can tune in to open line with dr michael rydelnik each and every saturday 10 a.m to noon right here on 89.3 all right thank you for your time we appreciate it it's always my pleasure thanks for having me